0: 510 and 993 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday. Blustery edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. It's not raining anymore. As a matter of fact, just right around 5 o'clock, the sun came out. How about them apples? So we got a lot, obviously, we're going to get into. But make sure you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest and breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Okay, so, gee, anything happened today? They closed the schools. And I want to, I talked a little bit about this on Bowen and Beth this morning. And I want to talk about this here on the show. The majority of students at CMS, 141,000 students, I want to say if it's not over 50%, it's just under 50%. But I want to say it's in the high 50s, low 60s maybe even higher. Of all those students, they live below the poverty line. Well, Brett, why are you telling us this? And really? More than 50% of Charlotte's students live below the poverty line? Charlotte is made up of about almost 30% black. But yet, two-thirds of the 141,000 are black and brown kids and you know that falls also into indian asian you know hispanic and then obviously the african-american kids S- two-thirds 66 percent 33 percent are either white or others like asian um, so i tell you that to tell you this the reason there wasn't remote learning, York County, most of their districts had remote learning today. Not here. Why not? If you're living below the poverty level, how many of them have laptops? How many of them have iPads? When COVID happened and everyone was remote, CMS was providing iPads and tablets to the kids. They were putting buses, hotspot buses in neighborhoods so kids could connect and actually try to go to, you know, watch class and be part of class online in those poor areas. So let's say you have remote. How many kids are going to actually be able to participate? Less than half, if more than half are below the poverty level. And then those of them that are at home, how many of them are actually going to have parents home that aren't having to go to work? They can take work off. Not when you come in poor households, parents usually have to work, whether it's at Walmart or fast food or at the factory or whatever it is, they have to go to work. They're not shutting down because of rain and wind. They don't. So I had so many people just going, I don't understand why CMS isn't remote. I don't understand why they're not remote. They were remote during COVID. Yes, they were. And that was a major task. And it still was like a disaster. I mean, they did the best they could for a school district this large and this underserved. But So that's why they didn't do it, especially when you only had a day's notice. I mean, they didn't decide until late, really late yesterday afternoon to close for today. Cabarrus County had already decided before noon they were closing today. The schools, the school districts, Chesterfield and all those York County, Fort Mill, TKK, all of them are, you know, they had decided that they were going to be remote today. A little bit of a different demographic between York County or Fort Mill and Charlotte. Just a little bit of a different, different demographic in terms of the student population. So that's why they did that. Well, Brett, why did they send the students home in the first place? I don't understand it. Well, I went to physical therapy today at 315 Presumably about the same time buses would have been running around, taking kids home, elementary kids home. Four-lane roads, the far right lane on each side completely flooded. That's on Wendover, Sharon, all over the place. Flooded. So now you've got buses full of kids potentially having to drive through all the hydroplaning potential areas. And then limb, limbs falling down. And trees potentially falling down. Didn't get a lot of trees falling down. There were a couple here and there just because of the saturation of the soil that were maybe already leaning one way or the other. But when you you know don't have a lot of leaves to grab onto the wind, there's not a lot of friction there that can help push over the tree. So that's why CMS shut down today. Because they're going to have to take the kids home and try to get the kids home in the height. And here's the other thing. The Weather Channel on Sunday and Saturday said millions of people up and down the eastern seaboard could be without power. From Columbia all the way through Boston. Well, at its height, at around 3 o'clock, or just before 3 o'clock, 100,000 people in the Charlotte area without, were without power. Now, what about Greensboro and Raleigh and Richmond and all, and then you started getting into the D.C.s and Baltimore's and Philadelphia and Trenton and all the Jersey cities and then New York and then Boston and Hartford and Providence. So, yeah, you potentially millions of without power. Potentially. Like I said, Charlotte alone, just the area, had about 100,000. So, that's another reason why they decided look, if we lose power, what good is it to have power? Because it's not like when you were in school. You might have dry erase boards, but most things are like on tablets or computers or whatever. Not all, but most. So it would have done no good because it would have been running on batteries. It's just, it's, just, it's a lot easier. Then you, like I said, then you have to worry about getting them home because so many of the kids ride the bus in this particular school district. So that's why. That's why CMS closed. Didn't have to want to have to worry about the bus- buses driving through flooded areas. Didn't want to have to worry about down trees and down limbs in the roadway. Didn't want to have to worry about power outages. So that's why they closed the schools. When they were calling for millions of people potentially to be without power. Okay. said, my power went off I don't know, right around 145 today. Came on right around 305 i mean not that long not that big of a deal i was out of power for what hour and 20 minutes hour 25 minutes but that's why cms did that and that's why they didn't have remote so i hope that answers your questions on that stuff and you understand their perspective a little bit more because i mean that they had they had to do what they did i don't think they had much choice when we come back, how bad was it out there? Did we get the Armageddon that we were expecting? We got the rain, or we got all that. But I could be wrong. I don't. I don't remember. And I was out in that stuff quite a bit today. I don't recall getting sixty mile an hour winds today. I don't remember that. Maybe some like thirty-five mile an hour gusts. I but, mean, but, like, 60 is what they were calling for? Yeah, all I know is at my house, I have never
1: heard the wind blowing outside, and today, before I left, it sounded like it was right in my ear. I have no idea how fast that actually means it is, but it was it was blowing.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't, I've been in a lot of tropical storms and a lot of hurricanes now here at WBT, and I just, it, it didn't seem like that. But anyway, when we come back, what actually happened in and around the area? Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock. 704-570-110. right, so what was going on in and around the Shawnee area? There was a little bit of, I say a little bit, I mean not trying to quantify it, but there was some bad news that did come out of Catawba County, up in the Claremont area, which is where, if you're curious, Bandy's High School is located. Bandy's High School is located in Claremont. But um, but there was a um Some bad news that came out of Catawba County, but for the most part, Mecklenburg County and the surrounding areas, for the most part, not completely, came out unscathed. We didn't have the Armageddon that we actually thought we were gonna have. But some things did happen, and here's a quick look around the area at two of the more major things.
1: But first, a person has died and two others have been injured after a tree fell on a house in Catawba County. Queen City News reporter Casey Jones joins us this evening near Cindy Lane in Claremont with the latest.
2: Out here on Cindy Lane, you can really see the damage from this storm that swept through. Almost every home here has damage. Take a look behind me. You can even see there is uh, pieces of someone's roof that is stuck up there in that tree. And just looking around, the evidence of the damage is everywhere. There are emergency crews still on the scene here on Cindy Lane. We are just a few hundred feet away from Evening Drive. That is the location where one person was killed and two critically injured during this weather event. Uh, A a tree fell on these people's homes. I mean, just looking around, there's debris spread all across people's yards here, Uh, whether it's trash cans, mailboxes, just everything is here. Power lines are down. Duke Energy crews are here. People on this street do not have power. In fact, we, we spoke with the man that lives in this home right here. He said that his home was rocking as the storm came. Came through right now he does not have power. He's actually standing outside there. Inside of his home he has the generator going. He has a kerosene heater going, and he has some food that he's cooking on it. So people are out here just trying to make the best of what they can. People are returning to their homes. Those who evacuated here. But the real one of the the more pressing concerns right now is all of the rain that we got today. The ground is saturated, so there's still some possibility that some of these trees could fall. So it's just really the beginning of cleanup here in Catawba County. We will continue to follow this story for you and and tell you about some of the people who live here and and what they're doing to try to clean up this mess. Reporting live from Claremont, Casey Jones, Queen City News.
0: Charlotte emergency crews are out in East Charlotte right now for some sort of water rescue and want to get right out to Queen City News anchor Robin Kennedy live along Shamrock Drive. With all that flooding there.
1: Yeah, and Robin, you have some new information since we checked in with you last. Right, Annie and Brian, I've just learned from Charlotte Mecklenburg Police that Charlotte firefighters were able to successfully rescue a man whose car was getting swept away by the floodwaters here from Briar Creek. I want to show you just how high. This water is and it was higher when we first got here. is starting to recede. The rain is has just kept on coming down though as we've been out here. But we want to swing on over. You see that Charlotte Fire Department truck and CMPD tells me about 315 Charlotte Fire got a call and that's when a man called 911 and he was screaming saying my car is being swept away in the floodwaters. Emergency crews we saw a sea here on scene when we got out here, dozens of first responders here, and we have learned from CMPD that the Charlotte Fire Department was able to successfully rescue a man here from Briar Creek. The floodwaters overtaking his car, and they were able to get in here and pull him out successfully. So just great news to pass along tonight after a very tense situation. I'm live here in East Charlotte. Robin Kennedy, Queen City News. Yeah, Robin, we're happy to hear that update, quite the chaotic scene earlier today. So, all in all, uh, a good outcome there.
0: Yeah, with, well, the emergency crews that are stretched so thin, and certainly Mm -hmm. glad enough of them were out there to be able to make that rescue from that guy out of the car. So, there you have a couple reports from Queen City News about the damage. You know, the tree falling in the home and critically injuring two people and then killing another person. And then, you know, you heard the other stuff with Robin Kennedy there about someone having to be rescued rescued by the Charlotte Fire Department because their car was being swept away into a creek. And every time I hear about cars being swept away, all I can think about is my first week on the job thinking that I was going to lose a company truck here at WBT trying to get home from uh, Wilmington on Highway 74 crossing the Petey River with the bridges that were flooded out. And we were driving on the wrong side of um, Highway 74 because it was less deep. It wasn't, it was, the roads, the bridges were completely overflown, but I was riding behind 18-wheelers and NBC News and Univision and CNN and all their big uh, SUVs, and I was just trying to ride in their wake and get home. Um, Otherwise, I would have been stuck in Wilmington at least another two, two, three more days. But all I remember, when we were gathering and getting ready to decide what to do, somebody said, just remember, keep your windows rolled down and your seatbelt off. I'm like, What? And if you get swept away in that raging river, you need to be able to get out of your car and you don't have to want to fight with your seatbelt and you can try and get the window down so you can immediately get out of your car. And so when you start hearing about cars being swept away, that's what I think about. And then also in the middle of nowhere in Pender County... We were almost washed out again, stuck, almost stranded. And about 100 yards from where I was at, Coast Guard came and rescued a guy out of his truck during Hurricane Florence as well, in the middle of, like, farmland, and picked him up. And I videoed the whole thing, I'm going, are we getting ready to have to be next? Because we're stranded. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen on this Tuesday. Now, look, we do have a programming note for you. It's basketball season. So the Tar Heels generally play one ACC game during the week. Plus, we have the coaches show. The difference is you just don't know what day the ACC game is going to be. Sometimes it's Tuesday. Sometimes it's Wednesday. Sometimes it's Thursday. But generally, I'm not going to have a Monday show for the next two months. Through Mar- you know, up until through March Madness. But the other days are sort of hit and miss, and I apologize for that. And the best way to figure out if I've got a show or not is just to look at the Carolina basketball schedule. So I just want to say, like, there's not a lot I can do about that. WBT has been car- carrying the Tar Heels for, since before I was alive. So dating back to the, what, 60s, maybe even the 50s. So, uh, So I'm just letting you know, we do not have a show tomorrow but I do have a show Thursday, and I do have a show Friday. So I just want to give you guys a heads up on that. I know it's kind of scattering, and you get in the habit of going to a place all the time, then you go there, and then there's no show. And then sometimes maybe you forget to come back, so I know it's, a, it's chaotic. And if you ever miss a show, you can always go to WBT.com and check out the entire show right there. And like I say, sometimes, sometimes it's a little bit better because we have generally less commercials there. And I think you can fast forward through the commercials if I'm not mistaken. So there's that as well. Not telling you to fast fast forward through our advertisers. I'm just saying, you can. you, you can't. Um, real quick, I forgot to mention this last segment. I, I want to jump into this real quick before we get into uh, other topics. There are delays tomorrow. I don't see any cancellations, but there are a lot of delays tomorrow. And there, I mean, when I say a lot, I don't know, like twenty. So I'm just going to go through, and almost every single one of these are two-hour delays. Almost every single one. But American Renaissance School delay two hours. Anson County Schools uh, close for students on Wednesday. Two-hour delay for employees. Aspire Trade High uh, School delay two hours Wednesday. Avery County Schools delay two hours. Burke County Schools two hours. Cabarrus County Schools two hours. Caldwell County Schools two hours. Caldwell County, Schools, hours. Caldwell County School, uh, or I guess. I don't know why it's in here twice. Charlotte Mecklenburg Library, um, all book drops in them are closed. Uh, Chester County Schools, delay two hours. Cleveland County Schools, two hours. Faith Academy Charter School, two hours. Uh, for Fred T. Ford High School, up in Catawba County, two hours. Gaston County Schools, two hours. Hickory Public Schools, two hours. Lee's McCray College, way up in the mountains, two hours. Lincoln Charter in Denver, two hours. Lincoln Charter in Lincoln, two hours. Lincoln County Schools, two hours. Maiden High School, two hours. Newton Countover High School, or Newton Countover Schools, I should say, uh, two hours. Uh, Piedmont Community Charter School, two hours. Rutherford County Schools, two hours. Salisbury Rowan Community Action Agency, two hours. Um, St. Stephen's High School up in Catawba County in Hickory, two hours. Wilkes County Schools, two hours and wraparound program service, two hours. That's a school as well. So those are there aren't, aren't really any closings. Just everything seems to be on a two-hour delay. Not CMS though. Every, if if I, unless I missed an email, and I don't think I did, I don't think I did. All right. So um, so I just but I just wanted to get that out of the way with with you guys real quick. And if I miss something, if you guys want to call in, if you're a parent, because you guys get the emails, I don't. You guys get the robocalls, I don't. Feel free to call in and let us know, 704-570-1110, in case I miss something. Okay, let's get into a couple other things real quick. Um, First day of physical therapy today. I know, like, we talked about my elbow today, and then little garrison, and the surgery that I had last week, and everything. First day of physical therapy. Not a fan. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, not a fan. And they started everything off with an ultrasound. They put jelly over your arm, over your elbow, and then they do the ultrasound to heat it up and to loosen everything in there. And then you had to do all these exercises like pedaling, but you're pedaling with your arms. You do that. Uh, According to the machine, I burned 18 calories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, that'll take care of that pasta that I ate for lunch. All right, appreciate it. And then, um, and then did a lot of stretching exercises and everything like that. And then at the end, usually, if you have to put something on your like, if you have to ice down in the world of sports or even in the world of medicine, what they tell you is have something covering the skin, don't put just the bag of ice directly on your skin. And what happened? They put it directly on my skin while attaching two electrodes on each end of the scar, which is about three and a half inches long, the incision. And the electrodes uh, send a pulse electrical pulses into your muscles to make your muscles contract. And then they do that for like five seconds, and then they let up for five seconds. Then they contract for five seconds. And then they let up for five seconds. And that went on for 15 minutes. That ice was the most painful part. They didn't put a barrier between just the wet bag of ice and my forearm. And then they wrapped it with an ice bandage. Or, excuse ice bandage. Around, actually, that's what it felt like, an ice bandage. It was an ace bandage. They wrapped it around to make sure the bag of ice directly on my skin stayed in place. And I'm like, um, shouldn't the ace bandage go around the arm, and then the ice directly on top of the bandage? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how we do things, apparently. And here's the interesting part. Medicine has come and physical therapy has come eon like just light years ahead. But at the same point, your physical therapy exercises are almost exactly the same as they were 30 years ago when I blew out my knee. Like almost exactly the same with the rubber bands and the balls, the big giant balls that you have to deal with and the pedaling and the bikes and the stretching and the stems with the electrodes into your legs. Almost everything's exactly the same as it was in 1992. Almost nothing has changed. And I find that fascinating. The surgeries have gotten better and the recoveries are faster. Because the surgeries are better and they're less evasive, which means there's less things that have to heal. But at the same point, it is the, the physical therapy of it all, it, it's uh it, it's pretty daggum similar. And not not a lot has changed. So I've had physical therapy on my elbow now, my knee twice, my ankle once. Uh yeah, I think that's it, because you don't have to do physical therapy when you shadow your nose and take an elbow to the nose playing basketball, and they have to take cartilage out of your ear to rebuild the cartilage in your nose. Yeah, that happened when I was 23 years old. That was fun. Um, all right, so look, just uh, physical therapy started today. Not a fan. I am already, I'm just sitting here talking to you guys. It's not like I'm ha- having to climb a mountain, and I am sore, and my arm's already sore. All right, everyone. So, when we come back, we'll get into a couple other things. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until eight o'clock. So, we got about oh, nine more minutes or so. 704 570 All right. So, Carolina Panthers, what do you think? I talked about this a lot yesterday. And it was dreadful, to say the least. The back-to-back shutouts, back-to-back bagels, unbelievable. They had set all kinds of, like, futility Records. And then, um, and then of course, you know, Tabor, let's go. But because Scott Fitter had made it this far, and the excuse was hey, Matt Rule put this team together. I'm just trying to clean up his mess, and it's going to take more than a year to clean up the mess. That was the argument. And he had said that early in the season. Hey, we're just trying to move on and rebuild this team. or you know, And I'm paraphrasing. So when he got <laughs> – then, when the video came out two weeks ago of him throwing the drink on the fan, if you go – of David Tepper throwing the drink on the fan. If you go watch that video, the funniest part of the entire video is – Scott Fitterer is right there. David Tepper throws the drink on the fan, th- throws the cup on the little table. Fitterer doesn't move an inch. He doesn't look back like, wait, what just happened here or whatever. He is just, I, w- I don't want to say oblivious, but it's like he wasn't even phased. He's like, oh, yeah, who, who didn't see this coming? And almost, he looked like he had been the subject of many drinks thrown at him. Like he knew this was coming. So, but, so, anyways, Federer gets let go. And the only reason it surprised me was because Frank Reich was also let go. And you thought maybe they'll, but, you know, keep one, but he's just getting rid of everyone. He's just going to start anew. And the question is this. When it comes to Bryce Young, I know David Tepper said we were all in. It was a unanimous vote between the scouts and the coaches or whatever. And maybe it was. And it's not crazy to think so. I don't know if that's true, but even if it is true, I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say Frank Reich actually wanted Bryce Young and not C.J. Stroud. By overwhelming numbers, Bryce Young was considered the best player in the draft or the number one draft pick that should be taken in terms of a quarterback. Like, most teams had them. If Houston had not won that last game of the season last year against uh, Indianapolis, I think it was, Houston would have had the number one pick. And odds are they would have taken Bryce Young because he was considered the number one pick. And then the Panthers, had they traded up or whatever, you know, with Chicago, Chicago would have gotten number two at that point. And if they traded to get number two, then maybe they would have gotten CJ Stroud. But the question is who wanted to do the trade? Did Scott Fitterer go to David Tepper and say, Let's make a trade? We've got to trade. There aren't any free agent quarterbacks worth a damn. Let's make the trade. Or did David Tepper go to Scott Fitter and said, get me the number one pick or the number two pick. Get me that one of the top two picks. And then Scott Fitter did what he had to do to get the picks. Did he give up a lot? Yes, he did. But if Scott Fitter went to David Tepper and David Tepper approved it, that's still on Scott. Like, hey, we got to do this, and he's the one that made the deal. Tepper, of course, had to sign off on it. When you're dealing with DJ Moore and number one draft picks, of course, Tepper signed off on it. And the offensive line being atrocious, the wide receivers being atrocious. Because David Tepper's not going to be involved with the offensive line. He's not going to be involved with the wide receivers. He's going to be involved with the star players. Brian Burns' contract and Bryce Young. Like, that's who he's involved with. Not not the everyday player. Not the everyman. Only the superstars. That's That's who David Tepper's involved with. So now you don't have a general manager. And now you don't have a head coach. Carolina Panthers said last night that they've asked permission to speak to nine current NFL coordinators. Basically half offense, half defense uh, for their coaching position. Of course, they're probably going to talk to Jim Harbaugh. They've talked to Jim Harbaugh, I believe, each of the last two years. Mike Vrabel, you're probably going to definitely want to talk to him. He just got fired stunningly at Tennessee. Now, most people think he's on his way to New England, but we'll see if Belichick returns. The one person you should never, ever, ever interview, ever, is Bill Belichick. You want him nowhere near the Queen City. The dude is in his 70s. How many more years has he got to coach? Three, four. But here's the kicker. I actually looked this up. Bill Belichick has coached nine years. Without Tom Brady on the roster. Now, one year Tom Brady got hurt in game one at Kansas City. But I mean, without Tom Brady on the roster. Five in Cleveland, four here in New England. So nine years. We're not, we're, that's a pretty large sample size. We're not talking one year. We're not talking nine games. He's got a 38% winning percentage without Tom Brady. And his draft picks have been atrocious for the last five, six, seven years. He drafted a dude out of Lenore Ryan. is either in the first or second round. And everyone's like, I'm sorry, what? Apparently their scouts don't like going to the SEC or Big Ten. Apparently their scouts only like going to like Catawba, Winget, and Lenore Ryan. Because like all his players seem to be picked out of like Division Two and Division Three. So Bill Belichick want no part of you, dude. I mean, we're talking about a guy who put his offensive coordinators last year... Two offensive coordinators who had never been an offensive coordinator who knew nothing about offense. That that's who we're talking about. So if he wants to go to uh Washington, let him go to Washington. Just keep him out of Charlotte. So we'll see what happens. Also, look like I said, they're looking at uh like front office people, they're looking at you know the head coaching is and it'll be interested to see who actually comes back this year, you know, on the roster. But Who's going to get the second round? Like They'll interview at least 10, 11 people for the coach, maybe 15 people for the coaching job. How many of those 12 to 15 get second interviews? Three or four? Three or four will get the second interviews, and then they'll pare it down. And then when they pyre them, you're going to actually let this coach pick his own staff for once, Dave? You didn't let Frank Reich pick his own staff. You wanted people from a lot of different places to come in, and then you end up having coaches, assistant coaches who have no relation to Frank Reich, texting you behind Frank Reich's back going, here's what Frank's doing, here's what Frank's doing. Really? You had spies in the coaching office. So, I, I just, I can't wait to see what happens. Carolina has the worst job in the NFL. Worst offensive line, worst receivers, and a quarterback that no one knows they can play, and the uh, owner who wears his emotions on his sleeves. All right, look, I do not have a show tomorrow, but I do have a show Thursday, and it's going to be a special show, so I hope you can join me.